and welcome to the strangest gig I've ever played. Tales from the studio and the stage. On the podcast with us this week is one Scarlet Deering, violin and fiddle extraordinaire. Scarlet plays with a host of people around Dallas, including the great Dallas band Sorin. She also played with Zane Williams. Oh, and a little band known as The Eagles. Maybe you've heard of them. She's got some great stories for us this week, so let's get to it. Thank you so much for listening to The Strangest Gig. I don't want to waste too much time here. I want to go ahead and jump in. But before I do, I also wanted to mention that Scarlett is an incredibly talented producer. She works out of her recording studio with her dad, the great Dallas legend Milo Deering. Studio is called Acoustic Kitchen Cafe, so you should definitely check them out. They got some great stuff coming up. I was very happy to have Scarlett on the podcast. She's she's a very good friend and supremely talented, and uh, she's got a lot of good words. So uh, yeah, let's dive in. Scarlett, thank you so much. Thank you so much for doing this. Um, I really appreciate it. Yes, of course. I'm so happy to to do this with you. <laughs> so let's let's jump right in. Uh, tell me about your current gig, what you've got going on currently. A current. I, it's really hard for me to um, to specify a single current gig <laughs> because right, like yeah. like most people, I yeah, like most people, I I uh, I interview. It's it's always a, a lot of a, you know a lot of different things. Yeah, like I think just in like next week, I'm playing with five different five totally different groups. <laughs> Oh, uh, wow. and, and it's, that is zero overlap with last week or with next week. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it, it can, it can vary pretty dramatically. Um, what, what groups this week or next week, I guess you said. Uh, next week, Half Guided Hearts is one of them, uh, That's at right. Andy's, um, yeah. one of them, I, I just went to California actually with a girl, Amanda Kate, um, she's from Orange County but lives in uh, somewhere around here, I think Midlothian or something. Um, Uh And she's a country act. And we just did a run little couple of shows with uh, opening for Tracy Lawrence out there. Um, So I'm playing with her again next week. Um, Other things I've got coming up that I'm really excited about are my band Sirin. Um, We are doing, we're doing a short run at the beginning of May, second week of May. Um, I'm so glad y'all are Sirens out back out and playing shows again. Me too. I love those guys so much. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, that's like my family. They're, they're all my brothers, you know, they live in Nashville, right? Most of those guys. Yes. Uh huh. Yep. Okay. We, we all actually moved out there together back in 2013. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, band was on a hiatus for a while. Uh, and just in the last few years, you know, we've all kind of started doing the thing again and releasing music and it's, yeah, that's, that's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, it's, it, I'm, I play with a lot, you know, a lot of just local, local folks and, and have been also doing some, some random touring recently, which is exciting. Yeah. It's so nice that the world's opening back up and we're getting to play shows again oh my gosh yeah i mean uh, one of the fun ones recently was i got a call from a drummer uh billy joe freeman who's from 
I think his family's from Garland. Uh, but he lives in Nashville and they called me to go and do a few shows with um, a Nashville country artist, Dustin Lynch. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's cool. It, it was a lot of fun. Um, so, you know, it's right now it's like whoever calls like, let's go. <laughs> That's great. And you're still doing the studio thing, right? Oh yes. Yes. Yep. That's so, great. Uh, me and my dad, we run acoustic kitchen recording studio and I've got a few projects going in there. I'm, I'm producing an album, um, for a girl here in town, Carly Carroll. She's a real sweetheart and super talented. Um, and we're, you know, in, in the process of getting everything recorded. Um, and then just, you know, some random projects here and there. Um, but we've always got stuff going on at the studio. So now tell like, um, obviously I know your dad, Milo Deering is, you know, kind of a legend around town. What was it like, um, just when you were younger was music like going into music, was it kind of a foregone conclusion or were you, was it a hesitant thing? You were kind of dragged into it or, uh, <laughs> when, so, okay. So it wasn't just my dad. My, my mom is also, she, she's a, songwriter um and when i was young they actually had a band together um called rachel gets and ghost town um and rachel that's my mom um and so when we were when i was before my little sister was born like when i was really really young they would take me out to all the festivals like you know they played kerrville one year and like took a RV out there and I don't Um, have any memory of that but I I do have a memory of every summer you know it's like going to all of the music festivals around DFW and outside of outside of DFW um and watching them play and my grandma babysitting me you know um so when I was three years old we were like walking back to the car from you know, one of their festivals. And I, I told them I want to do, I want to do what daddy does. Like I want to play fiddle. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So they got me like a cardboard violin, you know, at the age of three and I started doing Suzuki method. Um, And so honestly, I, I started playing before I really have a memory of anything else in my life. Um, and it's so fun. It's just always been something that yeah. I do. Um, and then growing up, you know, like we had a family band, um, my parents and me and my sister, you know, like we would play Christmas shows and we would, um, it was like a thing we did every year where we would yeah. play like Christmas music all, you know, all through November and December. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's just always been what I do. <laughs> That's great. It's fun that they like, they brought kind of brought you into the family business at a young age too. Like, I think that's oh, neat. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It was, I mean, you know, the, of course there were certain, certain times where it was stressful or, you know, sure. I, I, you know, we had our, our, our little family, family tiffs. Um, especially when like me and my sister were, you know, like young teenagers and had attitudes and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) But generally speaking, like we all just 
our family's really close. And so we've always loved kind of being in business together. You know, it it just, it's easy and it makes sense. That's great. Um, Yeah. And it's a lot of fun (laughs) most of the time. (laughs) For sure. Yeah. Another, and something else I wanted to ask you about is, um, was, is, is your dad, was that how you got the, the gig playing with the Eagles? So, um, yes and no. (laughs) Yes. Um, yes, because I obviously wouldn't have met any of those people without him, but yeah. So in 2016, my dad recorded, um, with Don Henley on the Cass County album. Um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, and my dad ended up being part of Don Henley's touring band. Um, and after he did that for a little while, the Eagles, um, hired him on to play pedal steel and to play viola in the string section, which was five piece string section, two violins, two violas, cello. Um, and, uh, I was still living in Nashville at the time and actually their first show was in St. Louis. So I drove up and got to see the show and my dad got me like backstage passes and, and I got to park next to the buses. Like it was like, you know, wow, yeah, it was like a crazy, crazy thing. Um, but you know, everyone on the crew and you know, the band just immediately like treated me like family because my dad was, you know, out there with them. Um, but I became friends with all of the girls in the string section. Um, it's it's four girls all in uh, New York. Um, they do a lot of Broadway stuff. They're yeah. you know you've probably seen them play on SNL or you know some of the late night shows, right. um, and they're just they're sweethearts. Um, and I became friends with them, and then a couple months later, I moved back to Dallas. Um, from Nashville left a bad relationship and was going to start over here. And it turns out one of the girls, um, she got about 20 dates of the Eagles tour that year, 2018 that she was not able to do, um, because of her own, her own tour. Um, so my dad would never throw my name in the ring for something like that, but, having just become friends with all of these awesome women, um, they were like, well, why don't we bring Scarlett on? <laughs> that's, that's awesome. So, um, so yeah. So it was like a month and a half after I moved back home that, um, I got, I got asked to, to do that tour and simultaneously got asked to tour with Zane Williams. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so 2018 was like all, back and forth basically between the Eagles tour and, and Zane. And Zane. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, That's so fun. It was and awesome. Then what, <laughs> so how many dates did you do with the Eagles? It was total at this point. It's uh, maybe uh, between 20 and 25. I'm not sure exactly. Yeah. Yep. Um, so what was it, what was it like playing those, you know, giant stadium? Shows? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Um, I have to say, okay, by the end of 2018, it felt like, like second nature. Like it was just like what I did, but I, this, when was it? Was it last? Um, I think it was September. Um, 
of 2021, so just last year in the fall, um, we did two shows at American Airlines. So right now they're they're on tour with the whole orchestra. Um, and they took two of the string players on that tour. And the rest of us um, weren't able to go on this one, but they, you know, let me play the hometown shows, which is awesome. Um, but, oh my gosh, it was like, it was so nerve wracking. I was shaking, like terribly wow. shaking. And and it's yeah. like, I've done this so many times before. Why, is, <laughs> why am I so nervous now? For sure. Um, but man, in in 2018 in that tour it was i mean it was unreal there getting to do that especially with my dad you know we we would sit next to each other on stage and that's like a dream that's so that's so it's awesome. a dream i mean and and you know like one i think one of my favorite shows that we did oh i think that it was in i want to say it was in either Washington DC or Philadelphia. It was, it was somewhere up there and it was a baseball stadium. Um, and James Taylor opened and it's like, like what, when, when when are you going to play? Like, you know, Steve God was on drill. Like everything was just, um, uh, a dream. Honestly, that's perfect. Um, I, I interviewed Chris Holt, uh, was my last guest. (laughs) Okay. And I was, yeah, I was asking him like, so what was it like you're, and I'll ask you the same thing. Like, what was it like you're, you're playing these songs? Like you're not in a cover band, you're in the mm-hmm. band. Like you're, right. you're with, like you look over and there's Don Henley and, you know, singing Hotel California. Like, what right. was that like? I mean, it, it's, it's surreal. And it uh, like, uh, it's really hard to describe because it, it feels like your whole life is kind of redefined in a way. Um, and it feels like music is redefined because, you know, we think about these bands and these people as, um, absolutely untouchable superstars, but you meet them and they're people, you know, it's like, it's like just some really talented dudes who put the work in and, and made it, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Um, and, uh, so Honestly, in a lot of respects, like, it feels just like another gig in, in, in some respects, you're saying? I mean, it feels like the best gig I've had. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, yeah. But, but yeah. And, and, and I know a lot of the people that are on the tour, you know, it, it, it does get to a point where it feels like, okay, it's just going to work. Um, yeah. For me, it never really, it's never gotten to that point. Um, like I still, I've, I've seen the Eagles show so many times at this point, um, several more times than I've actually played it. (laughs) Um, either just visiting, you know, when they came through town or whatever, where I know the crew. And so I, I've gotten to go backstage and, you know, just watch. Um, and it is the best performance I've ever seen ever in my entire life. And no matter how many times I see it, it never gets old. Um, that's awesome. Yeah, there's a reason why they're the best. (laughs) Yeah, yes. Tell me now about the strangest gig you've ever played. And strange doesn't necessarily mean bad. I've played some strange gigs that have been really awesome. 
Man, okay, I've been I've been really struggling to try and and come up with the strangest gig because I have a lot of weird gig stories. Um sure. like like there was the one with Zane and a, a lot of it is is what surrounded the gig. Um right. so it's like the events that worked up to it or the events afterwards. Um Absolutely. It's all part of it. It's all part of it. I I I want to say there were two bands that I worked with um, for different stretches of time that were the strangest gigs for me um, or that provided the most bizarre uh, environments. Right. Um, one was Zane Williams. Um, yeah. And that was like, I would, I would get off the road with the Eagles and, you know, fly in at night. And then the next morning have like a 6 a.m. bus call and we're like riding in a, um, what is it? A, a bandwagon. So, so was he doing a, was he doing a full bus then? Or is he just like a, like a van, so, like a sprinter so kind of thing? It's, it's this weird in between thing. It's a bandwagon. They are built um, because what is, what it is is basically it's a semi front with a box gotcha. truck. Okay. Um, with like a box built on. So you can't see into the cab from the box and there's no air suspension. So it's like the bumpiest ride you'll ever be on, but it's got bunks. You've got a kitchen, you've got a shower, like you've got all the, you know, all the the stuff of like being in a bus. It's just a little bit gross. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) for sure. (laughs) And this one was like the dirtiest, uh, everyone's underwear everywhere. Uh, I remember, <laughs> I remember we had, we had a drummer for a while. Um, Ken Tondre, he's a really fantastic drummer. Um, and he, it was maybe one of his first weekends out with us. And he said, Scarlett, so what do we do with all of the underwear and socks just strewn about on the floor? And I said, Oh no, we, <laughs> we leave those there. <laughs> so are you you're saying we just leave them there and we don't touch them and i said yeah no do not touch them it's <laughs> like so do you do you start to know like whose underwear or whose i said yes those are andy's he's like oh okay don't touch those <laughs> <laughs> do not touch those <laughs> absolutely <laughs> <laughs> um but man like some of the things that happened on the road with zane were just flat out bizarre like like waking up in the middle of the night um and he had stopped the bus like came to a standstill very quickly and you know everyone's like in their bunks sleeping but i kind of wake up and i hear zane outside of my bunk going scarlet scarlet and i open up i pull back my curtain and he said i got a snake (laughs) He holds out this like little rat snake that that he had like you know picked up on the side of the road. Um, oh man! And like you know, I pet the snake and then I went back to bed. But like, <laughs> like, like it's like weird okay, shit sure. like that way. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or you know, there was a gig where there was just a random pig, like, like you know how someone might like leash their dog outside of yeah. a coffee shop when they run in. Right. Someone someone had their hog leashed outside oh, of the man. bar. I mean <laughs> some of the most real things. But there was one 
one day in particular that was pretty funny where a lot of the a lot of the gigs we played were Texas small towns. Like yeah. every small town in Texas, we did a show. Um right. and it didn't matter if the population was, you know, five. It's like anyone within a 30 mile radius would be like, oh, you hear there's a band coming tonight. You know, it's like a thing. Um, yeah, for sure. So we drove into this town, stopped at a gas station. Um, it was like one of those old, cool, uh, like filler station, like, you know, old filler yeah. stations where you pay, pay inside. And so we had like our little stop there. It was dead, dead of the summer. Um, and then we rolled a few miles down the road and stopped at their diner. And this was like the kind of diner where you walk in and everyone stares at you <laughs> because like they can tell you're, they can tell you're from out of town. We are out of, yes. <laughs> and you know, it's, it's a country band, but like, you know, everyone's kind of, you know, city, city people. Sure. sure. <laughs> um, I, I'm like, you know, in a, I've got like pink hair and a misfits shirt on or, you know, it, it it's, yeah. we're just from out of town. So, <laughs> and, and there's like a good eight of us. So we go into this like little tiny town diner uh, and they, they set us up right in the middle of the room um, at like a long table. And, you know, we're whole time we're sitting there, we kind of are just getting all these looks. Um and right as we're about to place our order, the sheriff walks in. Oh, no. <laughs> and he kind of, like, looks around the room. You know, he's, like, full-on, like, cowboy sheriff, you know, cowboy yeah. hat, boots, uh, you know, uh, like, hands on his hips, looks around, looks at us, and walks up to the table. And he says, are y'all, uh... Are y'all in that that bus outside? <laughs> yeah, yes, sir, we are. Yeah. Says, what are y'all in town for? Well, we're we're you know we're playing a show down the road tonight. Uh huh. Did y'all happen to just get gas at the you know at whatever the yeah <laughs> this the filler stop? Um, and he said. It looks like y'all might have driven off without paying. Oh no! Um, wait, wait, which is like the most you know, it like it was totally an innocent crime. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like, like someone forgot to go inside and pay the pump. But yeah. this whole scene of like the sheriff walking into this diner, <laughs> and it, you know, it's like we're all sitting there, like thinking that we're about to like, like something's about to go down. Yeah, he's about to search the whole ba- the whole van. <laughs> <Right. band. laughs> You know, uh, luckily he was very sweet about it and he, um, he, that's That's great that he caught you. Like, I mean, mean, you know, I'm sure they don't, they don't get a whole lot of vans like that through town. So I was, you probably stuck out like a sore thumb. It would, it would have been really hard to miss us, honestly, but and I think it was one of those things where it was like everyone knew there was a band playing at the Tumbleweed or, you know, yeah. whatever, the, you know. Um, so 
but luckily he was like, okay, if you, if you just give me the money, I'll run it down there and I'll see y'all later at the show. You know, <laughs> <laughs> He's um, going to hand deliver the cash. <laughs> right. Right. That's great. Um, so, you know, there, there have been some, I mean, there was another, again, most, most of my like weird gig stories are the things that happened before and after. Um, For sure. I played with a, a band out of um, Defiance, Ohio wow. for for a while. I was living in Nashville and every other weekend, pretty much, sometimes every weekend, I would drive seven hours up and jump on the bus and we'd go and play bike rallies. Um, and then I'd, you know, we'd go back and I'd drive back seven hours and and work in Nashville. I had a sewing company. Yeah. But man, the bike rallies. Oh, um, man. I was, I had played with indie bands, you know, like I had toured with rock, like indie rock bands. I had never done the country thing yet at this point. Yeah. Um, I was like fresh faced, you know, I was like this sweet little just uh i i had not been in this world before yeah for sure and here i am driving up to basically meet a bunch of people i've never met met before uh you know um again country band rough rough and tough dudes <laughs> right right <laughs> Uh, the guy's name is Peach Slagle and he owns up there. He owns, um, I don't know, 150 acres of farmland and, um, you know, uh, like they, they're real actual farmers up there. Um, and that, that year of playing those gigs with them was one of the more eye-opening experiences of my life. <laughs> um, because, you know, I had never, like, known what to do, how, like, how to prep for a country gig. Like, you have to learn every line, every signature lick, you know, all yeah. the fiddle. I had never, I, I was like, oh, I'm just going to go up there and, and see what happened. No, yeah. no, no. <laughs> <laughs> so so I was like, you know, like kind of roughing it like as far as like what I was actually playing trying right. to learn how, how tr- trying to learn how to be a country fiddle player and then we would go and and it was like, you know, like playing Sturgis. Um yeah. was a, a little scary at first for me. Yeah, <laughs> um, I can imagine. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, mostly because, you know, it's like, as I'm walking through the crowd and I was like, I'm going to fit in, I'm going to wear like leather biker shorts and, you know, like do the thing, um, mostly like blend in <laughs> and it worked, right. <laughs> but, okay, great. but <laughs> yeah, it worked, it worked really well. But then, you know, it's like, you know, walking through this crowd and, and having, having guys be like, Hey, Hey mama, are you, are you here with, you know, are, are you here on someone's bike? Yeah. <laughs> like, am I here on someone's bike? No. I said, I'm, 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 I'm with the band. And he said, Oh, you're with the band. And I said, Oh no, 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 no. I'm in, 
in the band. <laughs> uh, yeah, very different distinction. In, in the band. <laughs> um, but that specific group of band members really thought that it would be hilarious at these gigs to tell the crowd that I really liked seeing. Am, am I allowed to be slightly vulgar? Of course. Yeah. <laughs> they they thought it would be really funny to tell the crowd, and these are their words, you know, Scarlet really likes to see tits. Like like this is like a thing. <laughs> and that's you can you, that's just what you like to do. Right. Which, you know, at the motorcycle rallies, it's like a whole thing. Like it is in New Orleans, like flash, you know, you flash the band, you flash people, yeah. whatever. I'm not that I was not prepared for as many as old many women yeah. old old <laughs> old lady bikers to flash me as um as I saw over the course of some time playing with that band. Oh um, wow. <laughs> and it was never at my request. It was always oh, the I band can... just trying to get a laugh. Um uh, and there were probably no shortage of old lady bikers. Oh no no to- no! Oh no! I and and you know it, it, the the thing about being a, a woman out on tour <laughs> is like I I've learned to just have tough skin, you know, and I've learned how to like handle myself and and take care of myself and yeah. Um, but there's a lot of there have been a lot of really weird um, experiences of people hitting on me or asking me really, really, um, you know, way too personal questions. I'm glad I'm glad you brought this up because it was one thing that I did want to ask, like, because like, obviously, as a female, you're weird, strange, terrible gig experiences are going to be very different than mine or any other male. For sure. (laughs) Yeah. So I was wondering if you could just maybe talk about that, like how you do navigate that. What, like, what's that, what that's like for you? Well, there, you know, it's been, it's been really kind of a learning experience because I think like, even when I was out with Sarin, I was in a relationship with someone who was extremely jealous. Um, And honestly, there really wasn't anything to be afraid of, like on that tour. Um, they're, they're, let me rephrase for someone in a relationship with me, there's never anything to be afraid of because I'm a loyal person. I'm, I'm not, you know, like I, I'm not going to stray from someone just because I'm traveling. Right. That being said, there is always a risk. We put ourselves on stage. We, we, you know, it's like, I'm, I'm doing full makeup. I'm, you know, it's like. I'm putting myself on a on a stage and yeah. a lot of people take that as an invitation you know to to flirt or to what you know whatever. Sure. Um so even with Sarin, you know like nothing ever happened with that band that made me feel really uncomfortable. You know, of course like I I I I had, you know, people tell me that they had crushes or, you know, whatever, but it, it, yeah. it was never anything that made me un- uncomfortable. Um, but it's always been an issue, especially with 
with men that I've dated where there's always this fear that because I'm on the road right. that something you know weird is going to happen. But just to give you a, a, some of an idea, I mean, when I was with Zane, there was one night after a gig um, and this kind of is the summary of like the worst part of or not the worst but but one of the one of the ickier parts of being a woman in the music industry yeah. um this guy was on the bus after like one of my friends or one of my bandmates friends uh just hanging out drinking and you know i walk on the bus and it was a great show it was at gas monkey um when wow. gas monkey was still gas monkey yeah um yeah. And it was so much fun. I mean, it was, yeah, you know, I was like, you know, riding a high from like playing to an awesome crowd. Yeah, for sure. Um, and like walk on the bus because that's like our chill space. And just expecting, you know, if anything, a fun after show, you know, whatever. Um, but this guy, as soon as I walk in, he's like, so... And again, am I allowed to, am I allowed to? You are indeed. Yes. <laughs> uh, so he, he just, he says, so who in the band are you fucking? Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Right. Like wow. who, who in the band are you having sex with for you to be here right now? Yeah. Which. Is, that's horrifying. Like that's horrifying to hear. Absolutely. When when you've worked really hard to get to where you're at, um, I haven't. He wouldn't, I, he wouldn't say that to any. Like he wouldn't go to anybody else's job no, and say that, right? Like no. And and he wouldn't have asked a single male on that gig. For you sure. Know? The the only reason he asked me is because well she's got to be here because you know she's with somebody. Yeah. Uh, not because she's been playing this instrument for you know nearly 30 years and yeah you know it's like this is my career um so you know situations like that they don't come up often when that has happened it mostly it just lights a fire in me you know yeah um you know, I, I I don't I don't think that I need to prove myself to anybody, but it does kind of give me this sense that like I need to prove that I deserve to be playing at the level that I'm playing, um, or I I need to I don't know, man. It's it's a it's a yeah. I I it's spend tough, so much sure. I spend so much of my time um with the people that I play with feeling like you know like we're all we're all family we're all equals we're all together you know um and so it, it's it it does like I, i've never been the type to say i'm one of the guys or you know anything like that but but i've always felt like if we're on this bus together if we're in this van together like we are equals in this like we are all here for the same reason doing the same job um so it's bizarre to occasionally have an experience that creates a feeling of like being an other 
you know? <laughs> right. Um, I don't, I don't think that there's a lot of that in the Dallas scene. I haven't That's experienced good. a lot of that, you know? Um, yeah. Did you get it a lot more with, with some of the Zane gigs on the, in, like in the smaller towns? I wouldn't say specifically the Zane gigs. I would say more so, uh, honestly, playing as a country fiddle player. Um, yeah. Because there is a little bit of a, like, I, I've been hired on specifically, we want a, f- we want a female fiddle player. Gotcha, like that, yeah. is, that is a thing that a lot of bands specifically ask for. Yeah. And I honestly, in that, in that world, I have experienced a lot more, you know, like handsiness or, um, you know, men making just really inappropriate comments after a show. Sure. And, you know, I, I, I have like, <laughs> this sounds like such a silly or like cliche fix, but I, I kind of, I go between kind of two methods of like fighting that off. One of them, RBF, uh, resting bitch face. You yeah, just, yeah. You know, you just act like you don't want to talk to anybody or I have a band boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, where it won't be a, you know, actual boyfriend. It's like, Hey, if I'm feeling really uncomfortable, there are certain men in the world that think that the only, the only time a woman is off limits is when there's another man there protecting her. You know what I mean? So I've, I've had to have that conversation with bands I've been in before and, you know, typically, like, a friend will step in and say, hey, yeah, if you ever need, like, just wave at me. Just holler. Just, you know, like, pull me over or point me out and say, oh, that's, you know, that that's my what, whatever. Yeah, and sure, it, sure. And it's, it's all a, just a fake way for me to protect myself. Yeah, of course. Um, but I really haven't seen a lot of that or experienced a lot of that as much in The Rock. Um or singer songwriter scenes. It's, it's just a lot. It seems a lot more supportive. It's funny. You brought it like, it's, it's interesting to me that you brought up like the need for, to hire you because you're a female fiddle player. And I've never, so many times. And I've never even thought about that. And that, I don't know. That's so like, it's so frustrating uh, to hear. And I, and I, and I can only imagine what it must be like for you to be like, well, why can't I just get the job because I'm a damn good fiddle player? Like, why does it have right. to be? <laughs> it's, it's a really strange thing. I mean, and I, I've been in bands before where they, they, I don't think that it was like that with, with Zane. I don't think that sure. it's been like that with a lot of the bands I've played with recently, like uh, the ones that I really respect. Yeah. I've, I've mostly heard that from smaller bands who it's like, they feel like they need a gimmick. Yeah. Um, and I've certainly been hired as the gimmick. Yeah. Um, and that's a strange feeling. That's a really weird, <laughs> you know. Yeah, uh, I can only imagine. But honestly, you know, at this point, 
in my career, I know that I've, I, I just see it as another opportunity to prove that I'm not just the girl fiddle player. And I think a lot of women, you know, like someone that comes to mind just having this conversation is, uh, trees, trees, Marie. Yeah. Um, she is like such a crazy talented artist and musician. And I know that she's probably experienced a lot of the same, um, you know, the same kind of weird, uh, like, Oh, we want to hire you because you're the chick. Yeah. Um, and we've kind of like come together recently and talked a lot about trying to, um, trying to create a different kind of atmosphere for women artists, specifically because a lot of that being hired as the gimmick or being hired as the the female musician, it also creates a really bizarre, um, a really bizarre, like, what's the word? Um, it can make women in the industry like not like each other. <laughs> yeah, I could totally see that. It's really bizarre. It's it's a really weird um so you know it's like trying to have the conversation of like hey, we need to just support each other and not um not perpetuate this idea that like women need to be fighting for this weird position, you know? Mm-hmm. Um instead be seen as as equals in the industry. Um, but I know that we did not come here to talk about all of that. We came here <laughs> sure. to talk about weird gigs. <laughs> well, th- I do want to thank you for talking about it. Cause uh, I mean, I think it is something that, you know, guys need to, and, and every, everybody as a whole just needs to be more aware of that. It is happening. Y- yes. That is a thing. Yes. So it, thank it you. Is. For, I appreciate it. <laughs> of course. Well, tell me, uh, let's, uh, let's move on now. Let's tell me now about your, uh, tell me about your dream gig. If you could have any gig with any artist living or dead, who, who would it be? What, like, maybe it's a venue. What, what would your dream gig be? You know, it's been one thing for a while and I feel like right now it's starting to change. Um, since playing with the Eagles, that kind of touring it just opened up this whole world of possibility that I hadn't really considered before. Um, So right now I struggle a lot with whether I want to be a solo player, like a lead player in a band. Yeah. Um, Like in Serin, um, you know, I'm like violinist in that band and, you know, it's like me and, and Nathan, we get to switch off playing leads and stuff. Um, or doing something like the Eagles where I'm playing in a section. Um, Oh, gotcha. Yeah. So it's a really interesting thing for string players. Like there are two very, there a lot more than two, but like, those are the two kind of definitive options if you're doing large scale touring. Um, so for a while after the Eagles, I was I was thinking like, 
man, I, I would kill to play in the orchestra for ELO. Oh, yeah. Like, like electric light orchestra. Those string parts. Oh, they're brilliant. Like, they're so brilliant. That that would that would be a dream gig. Um, yeah, Jeff Lynn is a master. He's Oh, yeah, my God. I mean, and, and the fact, just the amount of time that it, it took them to, like, write and arrange and record, you know, um, I, I just, I, I'm so stunned by all of the artistry and... I've gotten to play those string parts for like a, a tribute band before. And yeah. they're just, they're brilliant. Um, so honestly, like something like that would be so, so dreamy. <laughs> <laughs> but then, you know, honestly, like my heart really lies in the indie rock world, you know, yeah. like, like if, if Sarin were to do some bigger festivals, you know, like even getting to do like I- any of those festivals, you know, like, uh, but getting up to a headlining stage level, you know, and playing as a, like a lead player um, would be so much fun for me. I, there's not a lot of, let me say they're next to zero string players in the rock world like yeah percentage wise of what instruments people play right so like if i were ever able to like make my name make a name for myself you know either with a prog rock band or or some kind of like more indie folk or or you know just something in that genre or For part sure. of of music um yeah but on a level that is really notable um i think i think that that that's a big goal of mine and i don't really know where that path starts or how to get there but i'm working on figuring it out <laughs> scarlet thank you thank you so so much for you know, taking a little time out of your day to talk to me. This is this Absolutely. is so much fun. Yes, thank you so much for having me. And if you need to bleep out any of those bad words, you're more than welcome. <laughs> okay, you got it. And where can people find out about you now? Is scarletdeering.com or it's are there other other places? Scarletdeeringmusic.com. Um, Facebook, you can find me, Scarlet Deering. Scarlet with two Ts, Deering with two Es. Um or on Instagram, I'm at Scarlet Loves Cats. Um, there's also our recording studio. Look up Acoustic Kitchen Recording Studio. Um, on Instagram, I believe it's at Acoustic Kitchen Studio. Perfect. Um, and Thank those you are, so much. That's where you can find me. Yes. Oh, I also I do have an album. It's an old one, but I'm going to oh, be putting perfect. out. I'm going to be putting out new music soon-ish, hopefully. Um, but it's called There is a Moon and it's on Spotify, Apple Music, all of the all of the places. Awesome. And also check out Scarlet with Texacana. Yes. Scarlet did a really amazing version of uh, Salvation by the Cranberries and you sounded yes. terrific on it. It was so much fun to do. Thank you so much. That was a lot of fun. All right. There she goes. Thanks again to my friend Scarlet Deering for being on the podcast. Y'all please go and check out her stuff and support her. And until next time, if you happen to find yourself in a small country town, late to a gig at the beer barn, 
about to be questioned by the county sheriff because you obviously don't look like you belong. Just remember, the gig's a gig, right? (laughs) 